In this week's market update, the Santa rally gets underway as China reopening hopes and easing interest rate concerns boost sentiment around the world. The Santa rally is underway. As with most seasonal adages, there's no real justification for thinking that shares should rise in the run-up to Christmas. It's just that 25 times out of the past 30 years, they have. That's the evidence from our analysis of the FTSE 100 returns over that period. And if the current momentum behind the stock market continues through the final months of the year, it will be the fourth year on the trot that shares have risen in December. Trading tends to be thinner in the weeks leading up to Christmas, which can exaggerate underlying trends. And with many fund managers being judged on calendar year performance, a rising market can become self-fulfilling if enough investors decide to jump on the bandwagon to polish up their figures at year end. This week, the markets are getting a double boost with positive news in both the world's biggest economies. Having been a drag on Asian markets for a couple of years, China has started to be a positive catalyst as investors have started to believe that the country is finally looking to ease back on its zero COVID policy. The battle to eradicate rather than live with COVID has had a severely dampening effect on the Chinese economy with persistent lockdowns slowing activity, hitting consumer sentiment and recently prompting protests against the government's approach. Resistance to draconian measures has threatened social stability and the government appears to have retreated from its hardline stance in response. With cities including big commercial hubs like Shanghai and Shenzhen scrapping requirements for commuters to present negative PCR tests to travel on public transport. That follows similar moves in big cities like Tianjin and Chengdu and suggests that the fight against COVID is moving into a different phase, despite the high risks involved in a still under-vaccinated population. The response by investors has been dramatic. The Hang Seng Index in Hong Kong has risen more than 17% in the past month and climbed as much as 4.5% today. China's CSI 300 index, meanwhile, added 2%. The renminbi has followed suit, rising to less than 7 yuan to the dollar, the highest level since September. China may be bouncing back, but the real highlight at the moment in Asia is the Indian stock market, which has risen by 7% this year. When many other markets have tumbled, it compares with a 16% decline for the local currency MSCI Emerging Markets Index. India has benefited in part from China's woes, with Apple, for example, saying this month that it planned to shift some of its production to the country. India is on track to become the world's third largest economy by the end of the decade, and real GDP is growing by 6% a year, faster than any other major economy. The other bit of good news for the markets came in the middle of last week when Jay Powell at the Federal Reserve appeared to point towards a slowing in the rate of interest rate hikes. These have risen by nearly four percentage points so far this year from near zero, with the last four rate setting meetings of the Fed lifting rates by 0.75 percentage points each time. The expectation is that the next meeting, which takes place next week on the 14th of December, will deliver a smaller 0.5 percentage point hike and then a series of smaller, maybe quarter point hikes will follow until rates finally peak at around 5% in the spring or early summer. 
That triggered the second consecutive week of gains for Wall Street's S&P 500 benchmark. It rose by 1.1% on the week, while the tech-heavy Nasdaq index added 2.1%. The gains were achieved despite a more subdued performance on Friday after stronger-than-expected jobs data suggested the US economy is still running hot. Non-farm payroll data showed an increase of 263,000 jobs last month, much higher than the 200,000 expected by a panel of economists polled by Reuters. October's increase was also revised higher to 284,000 from 261,000. Unemployment remained unchanged at 3.7%. A stronger economy is seen as bad news for the stock market because a buoyant jobs market makes it more difficult for the Fed to justify ending its current policy of raising rates to slow inflation. The latest figure for US CPI of 7.7% was less than expected but remains way above the Fed's 2% target. Having rallied hard since October, the US stock market is firmly in glass half-full territory with investors predicting that interest rates will peak in May or June and then fall back to a more neutral policy within 18 months or so. And that has quickly fed through into market sentiment, with valuations rising from their recent lows of around 14 or 15 times expected earnings to nearly 18. Now that is still some way off the 23 to 24 that the market peaked at in January, but it does represent a significant improvement in sentiment that may turn out to be over-optimistic if earnings fail to match still positive expectations. That, in turn, depends on whether the Fed is able to engineer the Goldilocks scenario of a soft landing in 2023, in which inflation is brought to heel without triggering a recession. History suggests that's a very rare achievement, and the bond market is pointing towards a sharp downturn too, The classic measure of this is the yield curve, the difference between short and long-term bond yields, which is now showing the traditional recession indicator of short rates being higher than long ones. This is true whether you compare the 10-year yield with either the two-year or the three-month yields. Both are widely watched. Now, if there is a recession, then next year's Forecast earnings growth of 2.7% while low may not be low enough. Rising earnings during an economic slowdown would appear to defy gravity and history shows that earnings tend to be the last shoe to drop in the economic and market cycle. The fact that earnings have not fallen yet doesn't mean they won't fall next year. Here in the UK, the stock market has also participated in the rally And at 7,578 today, it stands back at its high point for the year and close to its pre-pandemic peak. Again, this is despite expectations for economic slowdown next year, with the Confederation of British Industry, the CBI, this week forecasting a mild one-year recession in 2023, with activity falling by 0.4% for the year as a whole, while inflation is forecast to fall back to 3.9% by the end of next year. The CBI's prediction is actually a bit more optimistic than both the Bank of England and the Office for Budget Responsibility, and this reflects its belief that interest rates will start to fall more quickly than either the bank or the government is willing to say as they battle to get inflation under control. 
The slightly better outlook for the UK economy and the greater stability in government as the volatility after September's mini-budget fades into the memory is reflected in a sharp improvement in the value of sterling, which now trades at about $1.23. It bottomed out close to parity with the dollar in September. This week, there'll be further evidence of the strains on the UK economy, with house price data from the Halifax likely to confirm last week's report from Nationwide, pointing to a sharp slowdown in housing market activity. It's expected that house prices, which had boomed during the pandemic, could fall by as much as 9% next year. So, the stock market is in that interesting phase where it's looking through the difficult headlines to better times ahead. This is typical of the misaligned relationship between market and economy and highlights the dangers of waiting for evidence of improvement in the real world before raising exposure to the market. By the time most investors realise that things are getting better, the market has already priced it in. As Jimmy Goldsmith famously said, by the time you see a bandwagon, it's too late. Please be aware the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision, nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Investors should also note that the views expressed may longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. Issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, authorised and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, the Fidelity International logo and F symbol are trademarks of FIL Limited.